What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. Today, we're doing a good old Q&A. I got a ton of questions from Instagram, and a lot of these are really good and really social media marketing focused, so I'm excited to dive in. Let's just, let's do the thing. The first question is, oh my gosh, which one do we wanna go with first? Do you do most of your social media work on your phone or computer? I get this question a lot, and I don't know, maybe it's just the era that I was raised in, I don't know, but the answer is computer. I actually really don't like working on my phone. One of the big reasons is just, I like to have that separation of life and work. And I also just think like the older I get, my eyesight is important to me. And I don't think it's really good for us to be staring at little screens like this. So my computer, I use a MacBook Pro for a long time. I used a MacBook Air. Before that I had a refurbished, it was uh, from eBay. It was like the white brick, MacBook computer. I don't know. You can get them very cheap if you want a Mac. I like Mac personally, but you know, yeah, that's the answer. Um, similar, let's go ahead and do another equipment recommendation. Do you recommend a camera for beginners? This is so hard because it really does depend on what you want to do. The truth is like most anything can be done with your iPhone nowadays. If you want to vlog, even if you want to record, sit down, you know, YouTube videos, I think a phone, like an iPhone is pretty good. But if you do want a standalone camera, I think the, the Canon M50 is a good one or the Canon M5. I actually just bought my first Sony vlogging camera. I kind of downgraded in a way I was using the Canon M5 with, you know, fancy lens and all this stuff, but I wanted something that I could easily travel with. And that would have like the retractable lens that I could just throw into my pocket or my bag. So we'll see how I like that one. I don't have, uh, advice or tips on it yet because I haven't used it yet, but you'll see the next few vlogs that I post on this channel will be probably shot with that. How are you? Thank you for asking. I got another question asking, how am I? I am good. I'm in a season, it's Taurus season. My birthday is either soon or has just passed depending on when I publish this episode. And so I'm in a very um, reflective season. I always like to take the year to just kind of think about what I really want and all of those things, but it can sometimes be a little emotional, but it's also very good. So thank you for asking. And then the second part of this question is what's your fave social media manager? I don't know if this person is referring to a person, if they want a referral or what, or if they're talking about a tool, I, I think that's what they're asking is like social media management system. I'm assuming if not, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer about the person, but for the tool, I definitely do. And most of you all know that Metricool is actually the sponsor of the Freelance Friday podcast. So I'll take this as an opportunity to tell you a little bit about them and why I love them so much. So Metricool is the Swiss army knife of social media for everything and everyone. If you've been looking for an all-in-one social media management tool, Metricool is your answer. Metricool is free today, tomorrow, and for life. Their free plan allows you to connect one brand across many different social networks. With Metricool's free plan, you get access to in-depth analytics to make more strategic decisions. You can plan and auto schedule up to 50 pieces of content per month to save time. You can promote your posts in seconds by creating and managing ads directly through the platform. You can view best times to see when your followers are more active and know when to post. 
You can review and reply to all important social media messages with Metricool's inbox feature. You get analysis of five competitor profiles to spy on the brands that you like, and that's just a few of their amazing features. It truly is a tool that you'll want to add to your social media toolkit. Plus, if you think the free plan is jam-packed with features, they also have premium plans to customize your needs. So to everyone listening and watching, be sure to create a free account today and get started exploring the platform. I will be sure to leave a link for you down in the show notes. Thanks for asking. Do you love teaching or speaking more? Interesting question. I don't know that I know. <laughs> I, I really think speaking is teaching. Like I kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I don't go into talks like a big sales pitch or anything like that. I genuinely want it to feel like a jam packed hour long or 20 minute long or however long I have masterclass. So I really look at it as the same thing. I guess the big difference is format. And for, to make it useful to anyone listening is if you're deciding, well, I think ask yourself which format you feel the most comfortable in. And to be honest, I guess when I'm sitting here and talking about it, speaking is probably a little more uncomfortable for me because I am very shy, but I think that's kind of why I like it because I do feel much more challenged by it. Whereas education, don't get me wrong. I'm always learning. I'm always trying to learn how to become a better teacher and, um, you know, taking my students feedback into account and all of that. But I've been talking to a camera for like 10 years. So it's in, in even like working retail, like I, you know, trained people. So like, I don't know, it's not, it's not as challenging for me. So I guess I would say speaking, um, because it does challenge me and it's a little scary for me and, it's harder. What are five books you recommend for a beginner in social media? There are not a lot of like social media specific books, are there? I mean, I, I can give you some business books um, and I'm doing this totally off the top of my head. So social media. Okay. When I think social media books, I definitely think of good old Gary V's jab, 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 right hook. That was one of the first books I read when I was like, yeah, I, I want to get into social media. It kind of teaches just something that's pretty evergreen in my opinion. Like the platforms have changed, the, the tactics have changed a little bit, but the message, the, the like theme of the book, I suppose, is pretty evergreen in that you need to deliver value, 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 or maybe it's with my left hand, value, 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 and then do that right hook, which is the ask. Uh, and I think that is, you know, that, that still stands today. Oh wait. Okay. I have four more books to recommend. Um, another one that I really like is called built to sell. I can't remember the author's name. I'm, I apologize, but I think that one is really helpful. I get the question a lot of, should I be a freelancer or should I have an agency? And I always recommend that book to people who have that question. So that's a good one. Another one is building a story brand by Donald Miller. I think that is a great book about just learning how to write copy, learning how to do storytelling, either for building your own personal brand or for communicating, you know, on behalf of clients. This is Marketing by Seth Godin is a good just overall, this is marketing, like learn a little bit about marketing. And then um, there's honestly so many, I guess I would say, honestly, I don't know, <laughs> maybe a design book. There's a book that I recommend in my um, social media management accelerator class called the non-designers design book. I guess I'll say that one because there is a lot of design involved in social media management. Even if you're not a graphic designer yourself, I think it's very important to be able to speak to some basic concepts like, you know, the, the general principles of design, being able to know different fonts and, um, you know, what, what a grid is and things like that. So I would say that those are the five I'll link them in the show notes for you as well. 
I'm ready to take my social media management and VA business to the next level, but don't know where to start or focus. Obviously, I don't know this person's situation, you know, uh, individually, so I can't give specific advice, but I would say if this is like a question of scaling, uh, taking things to the, to the next level, there's really a few, there's only a few ways that you can scale. You can raise your rates, take on less clients, provide more premium services to your clients. You can grow a team and outsource some stuff and be able to take on more clients that way. Or you can diversify the product or service that you're offering. So if you're currently doing full service and you can only take on five clients at once, well, maybe you can do consulting or create a course or an ebook or something like that that you can sell to, you know, hundreds of other people while you're servicing those five clients. So those are honestly the only ways that I know of to scale a business in a, you know, ethical, normal way. So I would say, think about like which direction you want to take your business. Do you see yourself being the CEO of a company? Do you see yourself being a passive income person? Like what, what do you envision for your life? And that will help guide you at least as a starting point. Um, cause there's really only, only a few ways that I know of best way to sell my course while I'm still working on building my audience. I would say if you're looking to sell while building, just focus on who you're building to, like make sure that you involve them in the process that you are communicating with them. I think so often this is for anyone, whether you have an audience built up or not, but so often we, we think we know what people want. You know, I've been certainly guilty of this, or we just get super passionate about whatever we're passionate about at that time. And we forget to ask people like, what do you need? You know? And, and when I do that, often my, my direction gets completely changed for the better. I actually am doing a beta program right now. I have a beta client for something that I will tell you all about soon. I hope, I hope, um, which I'm really excited about. And it was funny cause I was pitching, I was like outlining what the program was going to entail. And she actually was like, what if you scale it back? I actually don't think I need that many, you know, one-on-ones with you. What if we do this instead? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, that's, that makes complete sense. But I just wouldn't have thought of that. So, um, I think involving people is going to help you make a better product. And it's also going to kind of warm them up and get them excited about what's to come for a completely beginner. What would you give as first steps to start with? Okay. So I'm assuming you're asking about like a freelance service or really, I don't know, anything, any type of business. The first thing that you want to do is get some experience in whatever it is that you're trying to sell or offer or teach or provide. You got to have experience. And I know getting experience when you have no experience is the hardest thing in the world. I totally understand that. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get experience. You can create a passion project for yourself. You can volunteer somewhere. You can ask your job if you can like create some social posts for them. I don't know. There's lots of different ways. Talk to friends and family. Just get something under your belt. My course is Social Media Management Accelerator. We actually offer you portfolio projects in the form of mock brands that you can put in your portfolio. So whatever you choose to do, just get something in your portfolio. You want to learn, you know, learn the fundamentals of marketing or design or virtual assistants, whatever it is that you're trying to do. I will say, don't go overboard though. You know, take a good course, whether that's in school, whether that's, you know, an online course, like I offer, take something that is good and that is going to give you like the majority of the tools that you need. My advice, if I were doing this, 
try not to get sucked into taking like all the things because I don't know everything about social media or YouTube or any of the things that I know or teach, you know, I don't know everything. It's impossible because there's just so much to learn. There's so much to learn about anything in the world. So I often see people get in this kind of, you know, they get almost like addicted to coaching and courses and things like that. And don't get me wrong. I think that they are very valuable. That's why I offer them, but I would rather see you invest in a course that is you know, that just offers you a complete view of kind of the overview of what you need to know. Ideally, a course that gives you some type of instructor interaction, whether that's group or one-on-one, that is going to be a good, um, yeah, that, that is usually the sign of a good quality course, one that actually cares about you. And then I would say just focus on telling people, spreading the word, building a website portfolio for yourself and telling people about it. Start with your network first. Let people know you're open for business. Ask if they have any referrals for you. If they, you know, you don't even have to ask in that way. You can just say, Hey, check out my website and share it. If you know anyone who needs somebody who does what I do. And then you also want to have an active pitching strategy, a way that you are, you know, actively going after clients as well. So there's lots of different ways to do that. You can do cold emails, You can leverage Upwork, which I used a lot when I was first getting started. Other job boards like LinkedIn, any any job board that you can find, uh, those are all great methods. But you just kind of want to have a multi-prong attack (laughs) plan, I guess. Do a little bit of pitching, do a little bit of networking. I think another thing people don't talk about quite as much is going to networking events. I got a lot of good clients when I was first starting out from doing that. And I also just learned. I kind of like learned the the rules of the road, if you will. I I met mentors. I met people who had great advice for me. So try to go to events that are specific to your niche. So if I am targeting people in the hospitality industry, I'm going to go to a hospitality conference. If I'm targeting people in the dentist industry, I'm going to go to a dentistry conference and so on. Um, And just start shaking hands and, and working on your pitch. How do you handle when you think that your plans might not work? Hmm. Maybe I'm like overly confident or something, or maybe I'm just an optimist. I always know that there's an opportunity that my plan might not work. Like there's an opportunity this video could just absolutely tank, you know, but there's also an opportunity that I could do really well. And I try, I guess, just to focus on the positive when it's about getting me through to the finish line, getting me through to publish. I try to focus on the positive. Now, with that said, I'm not ashamed to fail. I'm not, there's nothing bad about failure. Just, you know, learn from it. So of course, if the video does tank, if the thing doesn't work out, I I don't like lie to myself and have this toxic optimism where I pretend that something's going to change, you know, just wait another day. Like I'm definitely honest with myself when it's not working and, you know, I can pivot. But I think as far as the mindset of actually getting out, getting it out there, I kind of just as long as I've done my due diligence, you know, I've done my research, my market research. In the case of a YouTube video, I've done my SEO research. I've done, you know, I've put in a good faith effort at a thumbnail and editing it right. Like that's all I can do. I have to choose to be optimistic. I have to choose not to be like, this is going to suck. Everyone's going to hate this. And if everyone hates it and it does suck, then pivot, try something new next time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I hope that answered the question. How do you deal with customers who tend to want to rush the process? Um, you know, 
this is something I think that is a privilege that comes with time and experience. I'll be honest, because I'm at the point now where like, if a client is a nightmare and they are pushing me, they're rushing me. I can be like, I don't, I I would never say this obviously, but I don't need to work with a client like that. I can cut them off. I can say, listen, this isn't working, but I understand, like I said, that that is a privilege that will come with time and expertise. And the more that you do it and the more that you build up your client base. But if you're in a position right now where it's like, this is my one client and they're just being a nightmare. I empathize. I've been there and I know what that feels like. You know, the best thing you can do is just address it, you know, just be honest about it. It's a hard thing to do. It is so hard for me. I'm so non-confrontational that I hate having these conversations, but you know, I think all that you can do is yeah, just bring it up. Just talk about it. Have a real professional conversation about it. Also, I think explaining timelines when you're in the proposal process really helps as well. So when you're sending over a proposal, when you're sending over a contract, make sure that they have like a timeline of when you're going to get deliverables to them or when you are going to, uh, you know, focus on different things. So for social media management, for example, month one, this is when I'm going to be like building your content library and kind of building out your strategy and your tone and voice and things like that. Month two, we might launch our ads. Month three, we might have everything together and be able to kind of see how everything is working together. Just an example, but laying it out like that can help set that expectation on the front side, the beginning, so that it's not a big surprise if they're not seeing huge results or they're not, you know, I don't know, getting whatever they thought they were going to get on day one. Okay. Let me change this battery really quickly. Be right back. Okay, we've got a couple of personal questions. I guess I'll just sprinkle them in here because they're kind of like, I've got so many questions and I don't want to lose them. So what time do you normally sleep and wake up? How many hours of sleep do you need? Okay, I am going to admit something. I am like ashamed to admit this. I can sleep forever. Like I can sleep in like I'm in high school. I'm going to be honest. I mean, maybe not till like the afternoon. I haven't done that in a very long time um, unless I was like sick. But I can sleep in till like 10 a.m., easily. I don't on most days, like most days I wake up between seven and eight ish, sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little later. But, uh, yeah, if, if I'm given the opportunity, like on Fridays, if I have nothing to do or weekends, I can sleep in pretty late. And I don't know why I'm like ashamed to admit that, but I feel like, I feel like this is one of those things that people don't often talk about, but when you leave like the corporate world, I, or at least when I did, I felt like I had to really prove myself as a business owner and be working like nine to five and have this like weird morning routine, you know, not weird, but you know, this intense morning routine of like going for a run and like drinking bulletproof coffee and doing all these things. And like, that's just not me. I don't know. Uh, there's plenty of people who say early birds are like the smartest people of us all. I don't really care. I'm a night owl. So I like to stay up late and wake up a little later if I can. Usually I don't. Usually I end up waking up about 7.30, 8 on a late day, but I could sleep in until 10 or 11. When do I go to bed? I usually go to bed. I mean, I try really hard to make it before midnight. It, I try, I, I, I require myself to be in bed before midnight. Am I sleeping before midnight? Not often, but I require myself to be in bed hours. I guess I would say I feel really good when it's like nine, but I can, I can function on seven. 
or six if I have to. I swear I got this question in my last Q&A too. Um, I want to spin it a little bit a different way though, so I'll answer it again. Have you ever experienced judgment for choosing to be child-free? So This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Oh, um, the long story short was like, no, of course, people don't like say that to my face because I think most people have a bit of tact, but I will say that I have experienced kind of like that um, you don't know what hard is. You've never struggled type feelings, which I just don't think are helpful for anybody, no matter what your life situation is to claim, you know, I don't know. I just don't think it's helpful. Some of my favorite clients ever, many of my favorite clients ever are moms. So even though we don't have that in common, we still find things in common with one another. And I think it's just I try to just attract a nice, compassionate type of person, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, whether you're a child free, whether you are dog mom, whatever. Uh, like, I just want you to be compassionate and understand that we're all going through things in life. And absolutely being a parent is a very difficult, yet I'm sure rewarding thing that not everybody has chosen for their lives. And I just want people to respect my decisions for my lives, just like I, my lives, I'm living many lives, my life, just like I am respecting your decision to be a parent. And I think as long as you, I don't know, like to this person, I don't know why exactly they're asking this, but if they're also child-free and they maybe experience people in business, giving them crap about it, just be the type of person that you want to work with, you know, and you will naturally attract those people. You will, I attract a very diverse range of people, men, women, parents, non-parents, etc. But one thing that all of my clients have in common, or most of my clients have in common is that they're wonderful, compassionate people who understand that, I don't know, life is hard for all of us. <laughs> so just put that out there, put that energy out there. And I think it will come to you. That's my best advice. Let's see. What's the best way to work with you? I want to do your course. I live in Australia and your weekly live sessions are 1 a.m. So uh, I have not. And actually, I have somebody else who asked, when is the next opening for my SMMA course? I'm on the wait list, just patiently waiting. So I am planning to open it. I'm planning to take a, some of May off, at least because I have got a lot of family stuff going on and personal life stuff going on. Um, hopefully I will be able to open the doors in June or July at the latest. So stay tuned. If you want to get on the wait list, I will leave a link in the show notes for you. And, uh, yeah, you can always email me as well. If you're on the wait list and you have like a super request about a time or something, I'm very flexible. Not a question. You mentioned you're a Taurus. Your birthday should be soon. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Happy birthday to all the Tauruses out there. How do you prioritize your projects and activities as a business owner? Okay. <laughs> so this is a hard question. I would say the first thing that I do is I think about obviously what's going to make me money. Um, especially in the beginning and especially in the beginning when like cash flow, cash flow was everything. Like I had no savings or anything. It was definitely what is going to make me money. Meaning is there a project that I can just finish up real quick and send an invoice for? I'm going to do that first and foremost before anything else, right? Um, do I need a new client right now? Well, then I need to focus on getting clients if that's the mode that I'm in. So focus on revenue first, 
And then from there, if you're at a point where you're kind of just cruising and you are, um, you know, you're just like managing like your normal workload, I would say I focus on what can I make an impact on in the shortest amount of time? So what I mean by that is like, I don't know, is there something that just needs like, I don't know, a thumbnail designed and then I can upload a video, then just do that. It's just going to be fast and easy. Is there just a couple of lines of text I need to write and so on? Just do that. Whatever is going to just be quick and get it off your plate. And then for those bigger projects that are, there's going to be a lot of little tasks involved. That's exactly what I do. I just break them up into chunks. So if I know I need to launch a new website, that is a huge task. That's overwhelming, right? I'm not going to say I'm going to launch a website today. I'm going to say on Monday, I'm going to pull all the pictures that I'm going to use on the website. On Tuesday, I'm going to draft the homepage copy. On Wednesday, I'm going to draft the services page copy, so on and so forth. So by the end of the week, you pretty much have at least all of the collateral that you need. So then maybe week two, you can go into actually building, designing, outsourcing, whatever you need to do. So that's my best advice is to focus on things in that order, breaking up those big projects into small tasks because one big, huge project is extremely overwhelming. What platform do you think is the hardest to grow an audience on and vice versa? Again, maybe I'm just a fierce optimist, but you know, okay. I, I guess I would say like YouTube probably because it just requires, I think the most discipline and the most patience. I think it's easy once you have good content going out and once you have those things, but I, I, I guess I would say YouTube or yeah, I, I guess I, if I had to choose, I love it. I think it's extremely valuable. So I don't want that to scare anyone away, but I do think you need some discipline and some patience to grow YouTube. And then as far as easiest, I think it's changed a little bit. I mean, you know, I don't know, a few months ago, I'd be like, oh my gosh, anybody can grow on TikTok. It's just, you know, people are going viral. Like, like it's just wild. And I think that's still true. I still would probably say TikTok is the easiest to grow on just because you don't really need to have like any, I don't want to say rhyme or reason, but it doesn't really require so much consistency to go viral. If you will, you kind of a lot of it, I don't know the way the algorithm works. I think you can just get lucky a little bit easier on TikTok. So I would say that is the easiest, but I also don't necessarily think personally for most businesses, not all, but for most businesses, I don't know that that is the most valuable. So you have to weigh that out and decide which one is most aligned to my audience, which one is most, you know, valuable to me, because sometimes what comes easy isn't always, you know, the one that's the most worth having. If a tree falls in a forest and nobody is there to hear it, is a husband always wrong? I have no idea what this question is asking. I don't know if that's a joke or if I have no idea. This one's a little deep. Um, do you ever get tired slash regret working in social media? No. Do I get tired? I mean, I think everybody gets tired of like whatever it is they do, whether you're a doctor, whether you work at Target, whether you're a social media manager, whatever. I think everybody gets tired of their jobs sometimes. I don't really live with regrets. I know that's like the cheesiest thing to say ever, but I think every job that I've ever had has taught me something and I've brought it with me here, you know? So definitely no regrets. Do I love the direction social media is going? That's another story. I think that social media has gotten so addictive and I do sometimes feel a moral, 
I guess, confliction, uh, I suppose, about that. You know, I do sometimes feel like, what are we doing? (laughs) You know, like, why is everyone just staring into these screens all day? But I also know the power. I try to focus on the good. You know, I know the power that social media can have for small businesses, for organizations, for nonprofits, for people who are doing amazing things in the world, for companies who do good, for, for just, you know, communication, friendship. I mean, I... All of my friends I met on the internet, that used to be my Twitter bio, but it's true. I, I don't think I really have a close friend that I have not met on the internet. And I think for people like me who have struggled with social anxiety, with, you know, not feeling like they belong, the internet has been amazing, social media in particular. So I try to focus on the good. There is bad, absolutely. But if those of us who believe in the good and see the good sides of it and want it to be an inclusive, supportive wonderful place. If we drop out of the game, if we say, nope, this is all bad, I'm out, then it's like all going to be bad, right? So I try to just be a force for good or at least neutrality in it. And I do think there is a way. And I think that's why I do what I do, because I don't think you have to be addicted and staring at your phone 24-7 to make it in this industry. I don't think you have to given to things that you feel are ethically not in line with what you believe to do well on social media and to market your business. So all I can do is hope that people are listening, I guess. But yeah, I, I think I know where you're coming from. Okay. The last thing is another one that's on the spot that I definitely don't have an answer prepared for. What are three things a new social media freelancer needs to know? Um, Choose a niche. I think niching is very important nowadays. When I first started, I really just kind of dabbled for a long time. And I think you kind of have to do some amount of that when you're first starting, because you got to figure out what niche you like and you want to be in. But I will say out of all the students I've worked with, the clients, all the businesses that I've worked with, I would say the most successful ones are those that have a clearly defined niche. Because there are a lot of social media managers now. There weren't 10 years ago, not as many. And so if you are searching for somebody, you want somebody who works with your industry in particular. That person is going to stand out as the go-to option for you. So definitely make sure that you are choosing a niche. And don't just choose a niche that's fun and that's interesting. Choose one that is profitable. Choose a niche that there is demand for. And you're just going to have to do a little bit of research, a little bit of experimentation with that. But choosing a niche, I think, is a big um, way to get ahead. I think the other thing you need to know is I think the old school things are important. You know, we live in this very digital world, obviously, where like everything's a DM and a tweet and a TikTok. And I'm, I'm like sounding 90 years old right now. But yeah, the, the old school things are what keeps clients in my opinion. The the reason my clients like working with me, they I mean the ones that tell me why they like working with me, they say you're really professional, you're always on time, you take this seriously, you're a joy to work with. Uh you genuinely care about us. Those have nothing to do with an algorithm. They just have to do with the old school. Please, thank you. Have a great day. Appreciate your business like the old school stuff. I mean honestly, it goes very far. And I was just having a conversation with one of my students about this is I noticed a big fear for people just starting is that they're afraid they are not going to do a good job. They're not going to get results for their clients. And definitely there's a, there's a 
side of that that is true, right? That is a, a I'm glad people are having that concern because I don't want people to just be scam artists who have no idea what they're doing and sell stuff they don't know how to do. So I think there's a, an element of that that is justified. But I also believe that if you genuinely care about your clients and you want them to succeed, you are going to do everything you can to get them results. I don't know. That's not really a thought that goes through my mind so much. One, because I stay educated and obviously you're tuning into this podcast, so you're doing the same thing. But two, because I care. I, I just genuinely am going to do my best to get them the results. And I have faith in that. And that is not something that has to do with an algorithm necessarily. It just has to do with, you know, that old school, like wanting to keep your clients satisfied, being willing to put in a little bit of elbow grease. There's no substitute for that really. And then the third tip I would say, let's see, the third tip I would give, I would say focus on the basics. I know I just said that, but that was about business. This, I would say focus on marketing essentials, like learn about email marketing, learn about marketing funnels, learn about websites, learn about storytelling, learn about the principles of design, the principles of copywriting, all of those things. They they don't change. I mean, of course the tactics, they change, right? Is it better to post on Monday or Tuesday? That changes. Is it TikTok or is it Instagram reels? That changes. But the fundamentals of telling a good story have not changed. I don't know, since the dawn of time, basically. Storytelling doesn't change. So learn those essentials and that will also become a transferable skill. Maybe you decide social media marketing isn't for me, but email marketing is, or I don't know, script writing for a TV show. Like there's lots of different things you can do by learning those essentials, those fundamentals of things like storytelling, of marketing, of, you know, websites, all the things. This was the longest Q&A in the history of time, but I really hope it was helpful and you had fun just kind of hanging out with me. Uh, thank you again to the Freelance Friday podcast sponsor, Metricool. Leave a link in the show notes. You can also get 30 days free on any of their premium plans using my code Latasha, or I already rattled off some of the free features for you earlier. So you can definitely check that out as well. And thank you so much for tuning in. I'm a little exhausted, so I don't know if I'm making sense anymore. So I'm going to go, but I hope you enjoyed and I'll talk to you in my next one. Bye.